Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Jonathan Bernier is back already for New Jersey Devils. And also, Jesper Bratt says he's committed long-term for the Devils organization. However, I'm not really convinced he is at this point just yet. What do I mean by that? We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils Podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. My apologies for not doing a video. This is going to be an audio-only episode because, unfortunately, the site that I use to record my episodes on, it's, something's wrong with it. It's freezing every time I try to enter into it. So today, once again, is going to be an audio-only episode. Now, there's a lot to talk about because the New Jersey Devils training camp media day is well underway in preparation for our first scrimmage against the Montreal Canadiens in just a few days. Now, there's a lot to take away. So we could talk about Andre Pilat sticking around with Lindy Ruff trying to get used to the system, and that's really what I want to see from our veteran leaders. We could talk about Jonathan Bernier uh, suiting up in some of the scrimmages and some of the concerns I have in regards to that. We could talk about uh, Andre Pilat gifting Dawson Mercer a watch, so that way Dawson Mercer could uh, relinquish his number 18, so that way Andre Pilat could uh, wear because that's the number he's been wearing for the entirety of his career. There's just so much to talk about and there's so much to unravel, but let's start with the big one. Let's talk about Jesper Bratt. So during the course of the offseason, one of the biggest storylines for New Jersey Devils, aside from trying to aim for big free agents, was is Jesper Bratt going to re-sign long-term with the Devils organization? That was basically all of the hype for the last few or so months leading up to the arbitration hearing. And at the last possible second before those hearings took place, the New Jersey Devils announced that they had re-signed Jesper Bratt for a one-year extension. Now, I'll admit, I got trolled a little bit, especially by Senators fans, because I said that Alex DeBrincat was nothing but a rental towards them, and the tables kind of flipped on me because now Jesper Bratt resigned for a one-year deal, and then uh, a bunch of Senators fans were coming at me saying like, uh, oh, there's your rental right there, buddy. But uh, ultimately, I don't believe Jesper Bratt is a rental player, and Ryan Novozinski doesn't think so either because he recently spoke to Jesper Bratt and released an article on NJ.com talking about what Bratt's mindset is going into the season and where does he want to play going forward? Well, according to Ryan Novozinski, once again, in his own words, Jesper Bratt is committed to the New Jersey Devils for a very long time. And to quote Jesper Bratt, he said, the contract brought us one more year to negotiate something else. I'm excited to get out there and prove that I deserve to be here for a long time. So I think I also saw something else in regards to how the negotiations took place over the summer and basically Jesper Bratt left it up to his agent to try to get him an extension worked out and it goes back to what I was saying in regards to the contract dispute between the Devils and Bratt's camp which was I believe that it was mostly Bratt's agent that was holding out on the New Jersey Devils because he saw players like Brock Besser, Kevin Fiala get lengthy and you know somewhat decent deals and he wanted the same for his client because Jesper Bratt 
put up similar numbers to someone like Kevin Fiala. So he was basically saying like, cough up the money and the New Jersey Devils were like he had one good season he needs to go out there and prove it again so that way we're more committed to him and there was this whole standstill ordeal you guys get the gif of it but ultimately my initial reaction to Jesper Bratt saying he wants to remain with the Devils organization for a long time I think it's honestly the worst kept secret in New Jersey just because Jesper Bratt appeared on Speak of the Devil podcast back in May or June and he said that he was committed to playing with the New Jersey Devils for a good while. They just had to work out the contract. So I knew for a long time that was Jesper Bratt's mindset. I think uh, the, the arbitration hearing or the, the, the potential for an arbitration hearing didn't really affect things too much. But my thing is, and, and this is not to discredit Ryan Novazinski, I get that this is coming from, you know, word of mouth from Jesper Bratt, but a lot can happen in a year. So I'm not on board with saying that Jesper Bratt is going to remain with the Devils organization for a long time because he says that this gives him another year to work out the contract. Now, I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm not trying to, you know, put some anguish in your heads. But I'm just saying in this regards, like, what can happen in a year? What if the New Jersey Devils take five steps backwards? What if there's in-house fighting? What if there's a lot of drama? There's a lot of things that could potentially go wrong for the New Jersey Devils because we're right now on the brink of either competing for a wild card or going back to the lottery. It's one of those two things. So, And if Jesper Brad shows out, you best believe there's going to be a lot of teams, and I use the example of, uh, birds on a wire, they're going to be eyeing that target, and that's Jesper Bratt. So when, when I was trolling the Ottawa Senators, they're a team that could potentially sign Jesper Bratt just because Bratt kind of falls under the radar. He puts up very good production, and maybe he'll come uh, a little cheaper compared to you know other free agents. And I get that Jesper Bratt is a restricted free agent. So not trying to be pessimistic once again. I'm just more of a wait and see because a lot can happen in a year, and I'm certainly not sidekick. Jesper Bratt's not sidekick. This is going to be a long season, whether it's good or bad. You know, game one through 82, there's going to be a lot of uh, process to be done. And I really hope that the New Jersey Devils are work trying to work out a deal with Jesper Bratt. And when the media spoke to Tom Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald also uh, backed up the claims of, you know, trying to work out an extension with Jesper Bratt. So I think they're definitely trying to get on that. But my overall thing, once again, is just like, um, you know, I, I'm glad that Jesper Bratt is still committed to the New Jersey Devils. But I'm just, look, this is a verbal commitment. This is not pen on paper. So unless Jesper Bratt signs his signature on the dotted line and it specifically says Jesper Bratt has re-signed with the New Jersey Devils for another three, five, seven, eight, whatever the case might be, years, and he is going to be with the New Jersey Devils organization for a long time because a verbal commitment can be rescinded uh, way quicker than a contract that was signed by a pen. So I'm just saying in, in that regards, I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm not saying this season is going to be a disaster for the New Jersey Devils. It's just like you got to consider every single outcome. And I love Jesper Brad, but I know he's going to be a hot commodity. And I know that a lot of people are going to be eyeing him. I know he's a restricted free agent, so it makes it a little easier for the New Jersey Devils. But my overall thing is like, I'm just going to wait to see what happens with Jesper Bratt. Hopefully the season goes well. Hopefully he goes off. Hopefully they get a deal in the works. And quite honestly, if Jesper Bratt does uh, repeat what he did last year or improves upon it, which I believe he can do, is named an all-star, and I can, would consider that his breakout year like I've talked about in a previous episode, then Tom Fitzgerald, you got to cough up the money 
for Jesper Bratt because he is a part of our baby big three. We need him, Nico Heischer, and the leader, Jack Hughes, to take this organization to the next level. They are definitely going to be what drives the engine moving forward for the New Jersey Devils. So, yeah, that's my overall two-set opinion on the Jesper Bratt situation. I'm glad that Jesper Bratt is right now in a good place with the New Jersey Devils. I'm glad that there's no hard feelings, and I get that this was probably mostly on his agent for being a little too greedy, and I think Jesper Bratt, second time around, is going to be a little more hands-on with the process. But uh, until he signs his autograph on that dotted line, I'm not going to believe anything until it is officially official. So that's where I stand with Jesper Bratt. Looking forward to the season. And let me know what you guys think about the overall ordeal for Jesper Bratt. Now, before we continue with today's episode, I want to bring you guys the first and only live read this morning. And it comes from our friends at Bet Online. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-minute scores for every sports team out there. The fastest and easy way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, so I've been trying to avoid this topic as much as I can, but, you know, it is news and I do need to talk about it as a New Jersey Devils news personality. So, as we all know, Michael McLeod is kind of in hot water right now due to the scandal that took place a few years ago when he was playing for Team Canada and it involves sexual assault. So uh, I don't need to go into the details because I think everyone knows what the ordeal is like because that was the one of the big talking points going into the uh, World Juniors Championship. But um, yeah, so uh, according to Ryan Novozinski, once again, Michael McLeod says he's unable to comment on the Hockey Canada investigation. When asked to comment on the current state of hockey culture, said that was part of the investigation and he couldn't comment on that either. So here's the thing. Okay, let's break this down. Let's look at what he first said. Say he's unable to comment on the Hockey Canada investigation. That was to be expected. And quite honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the devil's PR or his personal PR, whatever the case might be, told him, do not talk about it and don't say anything without your lawyer present because you don't want to blow anything out of proportion because... Over the course of summer, Michael McLeod was in hot water because as that um, scandal started to come more into light, you saw some players saying, hey, I had no part of it and they were in the clear. But then you started to not hear from some players. And unfortunately, they're on that uh, list to be investigated. And one of those players was Michael McLeod. And he tried going off the grid because he tried not to he couldn't be reached and he didn't reach out to anybody else so that was not a good look on Michael McLeod and it raised the question what was going to happen to Michael McLeod going into this season so um, my overall stance was I I didn't want to like I said I don't want to overstate anything but I don't want to underestimate anything either so I I just tried my best to wait until official news came out because I wouldn't have been surprised if Dawson Mercer was able to suit up like he's doing right now or if uh, the NHL was like, hey, you, you got to stay on the sideline. And until everything gets resolved, you're not allowed to go to the devil's practice facility. You're not allowed to suit up in a game. Wouldn't be surprised if that outcome uh, did happen either. But 
ultimately i just tried to stay out of it until i got more information and like everyone else i'm still trying to piece it all together uh myself but uh in, in regards to michael mcleod saying he's unable to comment on the investigation and not trying to defend michael mcleod i'm not trying to do that at all but that was pretty much to be expected and uh, I, you, you weren't going to get a detailed answer out of him in that regards. Now, here's something where I can't, um, you know, I, I, I can't really say like, oh, I get it in this in this sort of way. He said when asked to comment on the current state of hockey culture, he said that was a part of the investigation. So he couldn't comment on that either. I smell BS with that one. OK, look, you're not talking about the investigation per se. You're just talking about hockey culture and you're talking about like, how can the game change? How can the game move on from this? Look, I'm not trying to get too political. I'm not trying to, you know, preach or anything. I'm just saying, like, the fact that Michael McLeod is repeating the same mistake uh, that he did over the course of the summer, it really shows that, you know, he's growing more and more guilty and he's not really helping his case. So in that sort of way, you should have commented on it a little bit more. And going back to the first statement, Tom Fitzgerald also didn't comment on it. So Michael McLeod wasn't alone in that sort of way. I don't know what's going to happen to Michael McLeod. I really don't. I'm going to have to wait until, um, you know, I get more information and more reports. And like I said, it's a very sensitive topic. And um, I, I and I only know just as much as you guys know. So, um, you know, I, I, I really hope that the NHL takes the necessary steps to try to, um, you know, work past this and just try to put the you know, people in, in, in check because, um, you know, sexual assault is, is not okay. And, uh, I, and, you know, I'm, maybe I'm not the best person to be talking about it just because, um, I'm just like you guys. I know just as much as, uh, what I'm seeing in the news and I'm just reporting on what I'm seeing and I'm trying my best to be as sensitive as I possibly can, because I know that this is no joke. This is something that's very serious. And, Quite honestly, in my two years of being a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, I haven't had to cover something like this because, you know, situations that arise never really affected the New Jersey Devils. So I felt as though it wasn't really um, in my position to talk about it, especially since, you know, uh, here at Locked On, every team has their own personal host. But now since I am the, since I am the host of Locked On Devils and since this involves Michael McLeod and this is a very serious uh, scandal and... Um, I just hope that everything gets uh, resolved and I hope that, um, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're able to just move forward and just try to, um, you know, help the victim and just, yeah, that, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I just want the best uh, from this circumstance and I just hope that, um, you know, I, I just hope that we're able to just build on it and learn from it and, Go from there, and that's that's all I'm going to say. But uh, let's talk about um, – let's switch gears. And I know this is a little difficult to switch gears from talking about something serious now to talking back about hockey. But we got to because we still got plenty of time left. Um, let's talk about Andre Palat because here's one of the things that I want to see out of our veteran uh, players, and I talked about it at the beginning of the show. So Andre Palat was seen talking to Lindy Ruff trying to get used to the system. And I absolutely love that. I love the um, I love the leadership because Bryce Salvador actually tweeted this out. And remember, Bryce Salvador is a friend of the show. He said, also evident from the skate today was Palat's work ethic. His practice habits will become contagious as he is showing everyone how hard you need to work if you want to win cups. Now, uh, you know, I love Bryce Salvador and all, but 
you know, the, the Devils aren't trying to win any cups anytime soon. We're just trying to sneak our way back into the playoffs. But I, I like the idea, which is Andre Pilat. If you could see in the video from Amanda Stein, normally I would put it up on the screen. But unfortunately, um, un unfortunately, like I said, uh, the site that I use to record video is not working. So I'm just going to have to describe it. So Amanda Stein tweeted this out saying something to really appreciate as New Jersey Devils practice wrapped. Andre Pilat spent several minutes with Lindy Ruff at the whiteboard, clearly trying to be as prepared and comfortable with the system as possible. It's a little thing. So, you know, I, I agree with Amanda Stein. I agree with Bryce Salvador, which is it's the little things that's going to help the New Jersey Devils. And it's going to what's take their organization to the next level just because we need someone like Andre Pilat. We need the leader. We need, you know, everything meticulously broken down. And I'm actually expecting a big season from Andre Pilat just because I think he's going to be more of a vocal point for New Jersey Devils. And, um, you know, I, I think he can definitely benefit well on the second line with Nico Heischer. This past season, he appeared in 77 games. He had 18 goals. 31 assists for a grand total of 49 points with a plus minus of plus 15. And he's 31 years of age. And I believe we have him for the next five years. And we kind of did overpay him. But the one thing that I want to focus on Andre Pilat is the reason why he's won Stanley Cups, the reason why he's been a part of the Tampa Bay Lightning's uh, playoff run since like 2013. The reason why, you know, they won back to back. And, uh, the re and you know, he was one of the more underrated players on the team. It's just because he knows how to step up his game. He knows how to kick it into a different gear. So uh, during this past uh, playoff run, 23 game appearances, 11 goals, 10 assists for a grand total of 21 points and a plus minus of plus 10. So th that's a player that the New Jersey Devils desperately need to uh, basically have anywhere from a decent to a good season. So I'm glad that Andre Pilat is definitely taking the time to just you know, get accustomed to the New Jersey Devils and get used to his uh, new surroundings. And I'm really looking forward to the start of the season because I think um, Andre Pilat is definitely going to be that X factor going forward. And I've said it many times on prior episodes, if the New Jersey Devils are ever on a long game losing streak, once again, God forbid, um, then I certainly have Andre Pilat as one of my go-to guys to uh, basically be that X factor person to maybe score a goal or two just to kick it into a new gear and give the New Jersey Devils some extra life. Okay, so here's another storyline that I want to discuss in the final segment of today's show, and that's Jonathan Bernier actually partaking in the Devils' inner squad scrimmage. So here's my thing. Uh, going into this training camp, going into preseason, I did not anticipate for Jonathan Bernier to suit up at all for New Jersey Devils because, as you guys recall, Ryan Novozinski said that uh, the, the New Jersey Devils won't expect Jonathan Bernier to be ready come preseason or the regular season. And then Julie Robbenheimer uh, backed him up on that claim saying that Jonathan Bernier won't be ready to go until Thanksgiving. And I, I, I did not anticipate to see Jonathan Bernier at all during training camp, even during a practice, just because I thought, oh, he's going to take his time to rehab. They're going to probably wait a month or two, and then he's probably going to you know go back to uh, full contact hockey once again before he does independent, whatever the case might be. I was just like, I was just prepared for Jonathan Bernier to just, you know, sit on the sideline for all of this preseason. And, you know, he, he is, he's not going, I don't think he's going to suit up in any of the games because uh, if Ryan Novozinski and Julie Robbenheimer are correct in that aspect, which I, I'm 99.9% .9 certain they are. But the point I'm just trying to make is that um, Jonathan Bernier might be uh, set to make an even sooner return to the Devils lineup. Now, 
Here's the thing about Jonathan Bernier, and I really need him to be cautious. I would love to see Jonathan Bernier back on the ring for the New Jersey Devils, you know, this time being a third-string goalie for them just because I think they're going to rely mostly on Mackenzie Blackwood and Vitek Vanacek, but it doesn't hurt to have a former Stanley Cup champion as one of your backup goalies, and that's what I like the most about Jonathan Bernier is that he provides the experience and he can act as a mentor towards someone like Mackenzie Blackwood and also Vitek Vanacek now. But um, the, the one warning I have for Jonathan Bernier is that there was another goalie out in Boston, and his name was Tuka Rask, and he was coming off of injury, and he kind of rushed the process to get back, and then what happened? He uh, decided to, re- to hang up the skates, I think, a little sooner than he anticipated. So that's my overall thing for Jonathan Bernier, which is I'm glad you're back on the rink. I'm glad that you're back to you know facing some sort of hockey competition even if it is an inter-squad scrimmage between the Devils and they're, they're not going full speed uh, against their own players. But, uh, yeah, that, that's my gif that, about um, uh, Jonathan Bernier being back on the rink. I'm excited, but do not rush it, Jonathan. Like, please don't do that. You, you know, we, we already got two reliable goalies in Vanacek and Blackwood. We also got Nico Dawes. I think the less you ask out of him, I think he'll be decent. So he'll uh, most likely be the third string goalie until Jonathan Bernier is set to return. But Bernier being back on the rink, that kind of stunned me, if I'm being completely honest with you. I did not anticipate that at all, and I don't think a lot of people were uh, expecting that from Jonathan Bernier either. But I'm excited, and uh, he just adds more to the roster. He adds more experience, and, um, you know, it's the offseason of the veteran players for New Jersey Devils. So... Let me know what you guys think about Jonathan Bernier returning to the New Jersey Devils, albeit just for training camp. And what what do you anticipate out of him during the course of this season? And what do you think about Jesper Bratt and his overall contract situation? Am I being too pessimistic or is this legitimate that he wants to return to the Devils organization for a long period of time? despite not playing in the regular season yet for this year because it's going to be a long year and a lot can happen. So that's just what I want you guys to take away from my whole Jesper Bratt ordeal. So let me know what you guys think. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. If you're listening on a podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TreyMatt4 and the show's Twitter page at Devils. Back to five episodes a week. So uh, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.